0: Welcome to Gardening Talk back on to and you are FM. Greg Richard here, joined by Scott Sharp
1: once again. Scott, lovely to see you. Lovely to see you. You're wearing green today as well. It's not St. Patrick's day. It must be just for the garden. Just green for the garden today. Nice, nice touch, mate. A Very more, nice
0: touch. I'm all green. In- and <laughs> Shirt sense, anyway. Shirt sense, yeah. It's not a groom behind
1: the gills or anything bad like that. No, not at all. No, okay. Fighting fit. <laughs> Excellent. I thought today we'd talk about uh, Magnolia seligianas. They're out and about everywhere at the moment. Uh, what to do with your orchids, and if you've got some hedging, what to do with that as well. Trim it. Trim it and feed it, but we'll go into more detail. <laughs> Fair enough. There's a, bit, a little bit more to it than that. <laughs> yeah, we haven't covered it off uh, all t- in
0: one hit. <laughs> and first up today, we've got Lynn from Weston, and she's got a few questions about the peach tree and an orange tree. Hey, Lynn, how can we help you?
2: Hi, hi, Scott. Um, we bought a uh, miniature orange tree last season. Yep. And I think I spoke to you about it anyway, but um, this, the main trunk is still as skinny as anything. And we've put potash on it and we've put manure on it and it won't budge.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Where have you got that miniature orange tree? Is it in the ground or in a yeah. pot?
2: Yeah, in, a, in the ground.
1: Okay, and look, tell me about, have you got the grass growing up around it?
2: No. No, it's got a, a ring
1: thingy around it. Okay, that's really good. Okay. Yep. Uh, what have you been feeding it with? You mentioned potash. That's really great for the yep. flowering of the plant. And yeah. uh, look, generally, in the ground, you just give your citrus tree uh, poultry manure. and okay. You know, that yep. other sort of granular citrus food that you can get in the packets. Yeah. That's yep. also very good. You can also use a product sure. called Sudden Impact, which I I'm always recommend. It's, it's actually for okay. roses. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. it's it's also excellent for citrus trees. But okay. look, I would start, um, you know, with the poultry manure first and then mm-hmm. in about a month's time after that, give it uh, some of that citrus, say uh, granular citrus food. Uh-huh.
3: And then you can okay. use the
1: poultry manure on it about every three to four months if you want to. All
2: right. Okay, terrific, we'll do that, thank you. Okay, now look, and,
1: I was going to say, don't be shy about using a fair bit of it, but you, right. you mentioned you've got that ring around it, so don't pile yep. the poultry manure up so it's up around the trunk, otherwise you'll get collar rot. So just make sure it's yep. always pulled away from the trunk. All
2: right, cool, Done. Okay, and
1: you mentioned a peach tree.
2: We have a white fruiting... A white flesh fruiting tree, yes. <laughs> but um, I've noticed it's got all this sappy stuff coming off the main trunk onto the twigs.
1: Ah, uh, okay. Now that's that's really bad at this point in time, oh. especially at this time of year. Uh, that's called that's actually called brown rot, and it's a, it's a fungal oh. disease that they get. Uh, And look, it actually, it sort of starts in the tips around this time of year of, you know, the new uh, shoots that are coming on and then it actually starts to spread through the flower blossoms and eventually it goes into the fruit and can wreck up the fruit. So you need to get a fungicide. Uh, I'd get some copper Mm -hmm. oxychloride and Mm -hmm. start spraying that now. Uh, look, okay. the other thing you're best to do, once you've got that copper spray and you come around to this time next year, uh, you know, in, around July, you can actually start spraying then to keep it under control. But certainly get mm. on to it now.
2: Okay, so if I do that now, it's not going to affect the fruit because it's all in bud. I've got hundreds and hundreds of buds and I would assume it's leaf. But um, if I use that copper oxide now... Yeah. It's
1: not going to affect the fruit. No, no one. It will no. actually help the fruit because chances okay. are those fungal diseases are actually in that fruit already. So it's important that you oh. get out and get that use that copper oxychloride at the oh. moment.
2: Okay, terrific. Thank okay. you very much. Lisa. Not Have a problem a
0: at see. all,
1: Lynn. Thank you. Bye. Cheers. Bye bye.
0: Cheers. Thanks, Lynn. We've got Rod now from Spears Point, and he's got a question about little gem magnolia. Hey, Rod, how can we help you with it?
4: Hey mate, how are you
1: going? Yeah, pretty um,
4: well. I've got a little gem. It's about two metres high, yeah. and it's right near my driveway, and I've got to transplant it further I want to transplant it but I might have to cut some of the roots that go under the driveway Um, so what's the best best way to do that
1: yeah look two meters high that's a bit taller than you know Greg and I sort of thing so it's going to be in a fair bit of shock once you do that yeah Uh, you're probably best to you know prune a third of the plant off straight away yep uh, before you move it to try and reduce that shock uh, yep. As you said, cut through any roots that are in underneath the uh, driveway. Yep. T- try and take as much soil as you possibly can with you without disturbing the roots. I know that's difficult. Uh, yep. Any roots you can't get out, just uh, uh, as we said, just cut them with the you know with the saw or with the uh, the loppers.
4: Yeah, not a nice clean
1: cut. Top yeah, and don't try and drag the roots out. That's actually when you do more damage. Okay. And then may look get, dig a new hole. Uh, no manures or anything like that. You don't want to stress the plant anymore. Uh, yep. Fill that hole up with water. Make sure there's plenty of water in there. Then whack your plant in, and yeah. uh, then you know, nice, uh, you know, fresh soil in around that. Watering all the time so there's no, no air holes what? around the uh, the roots of the plant. And okay. then, mate, the best you can do is just keep on water, water, water. Yep. Uh, you know, spraying over the plant if it gets windy and hot, uh, definitely, uh, you know, in that hole again, just, you know, you know, around mm-hmm. the, the roots of the plant, just doing that, you know, very, very often. Uh, even one of those little bubbler sprinklers, just letting yep. it soak yep. through, uh, you know, for 30 minutes at a time. Yep. Uh, and look, there is a product you can get called Stress Guard. Stress Guard, I yeah. Know, it's uh, like a polymer coating. It sort of stops the plant from... Uh, From breathing, I guess, just slows it down so that it doesn't get as stressed as as it would be. Don't look, it's going to drop leaves. Don't be surprised about that at all. Yep. Um, but pruning that uh, third of it off and doing all those things I've said should uh, help you uh, get it re-established, you, in, and you're, you're doing it at the right time as well.
4: Okay. You don't, well, don't paint anything on the roots that I cut
1: or anything like Do the... no, don't, don't, don't worry about that. Just get them straight back into the ground and, okay, uh, and just p- put and a good potting
4: mix around it. All or...
1: yeah, just a good potting mix, and look, like I said, you you won't be able to give it enough water.
4: Okay, then. Thanks for
1: that, Scott. Okay. Good on you, Rod. Now, good luck now, you
4: said, now a good yeah, time to do
0: it.
1: Absolutely, perfect time to do it. Okay, thanks, mate. Okay, you have a nice afternoon.
0: You
4: too. Thanks, Jeez.
1: mate. Bye bye.
0: Got Renata from Ellie Barner on the line. And Scott, she's got a question about the desert rose.
1: The desert rose. Desert how... rose. <laughs> yes, the desert rose. I was thinking about dessert oh, rose. Were you? Were you thinking lemon meringue then, were you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey yes, Renata, so... how can we help you?
2: I've got a problem with it. I've had it for about six years. I bought it as a small plant up in Queensland. Yes. It's been doing really, really well and I did a very silly thing. I put the whole pot into a ceramic pot in the middle of the garden, um, thinking there was a hole in the bottom, which there is, but it was locked up, so yeah. it's been sitting in water for about a week oh, and a half. Oh,
1: no, not good. And the
2: warm base is all gone soggy.
1: Yeah, okay.
2: Um, have I killed, or should I just leave it in the sun to dry out, or just cut pieces off it and try and strike the
1: more off that look it, it depends how soggy it is uh the the desert rose obviously it's you know it doesn't live in a bowl of ice cream like greg would like it to <laughs> it's actually it's actually native to africa and, and the arabian you know area so it's uh yeah. you know obviously it's a plant that um you know grows in the desert and in yeah. dry conditions so <laughs> yeah I, and look yeah putting chocolate topping or something on it, it equally isn't going to help at this case but um at the, at the at what I would do is just let it dry out and wait and see. That's yeah. about the best you're going to be able to do in this situation.
2: Okay, we'll
1: do that. Look, they they are a fairly tough plant, but if it has got to that point where it's you know it's soggy and you can sort of push in against it, then uh, you know it, it might be you know sort of cactus for it. Unfortunately, yeah. um, But yeah. look, all you can really do is just wait and see. Once once you've done something like that, unfortunately, okay. yes, I'm sorry about yeah. that.
2: No problem. Okay, I'll give that a try and keep it
1: in some. sun. Okay, thanks, Renata. Yeah, thank Cheers. you. Bye-bye.
0: Bye. I'm just wondering all this time, due to my public school education, <laughs> I've been reading Desert as Dessert. That would really change life for you. It would. It really would, yes. Ali Bard and the 40 Thieves is a very
1: different book now. It certainly would be. It's, uh, it's not got trifle or anything in it. That I'm just trying to think of desserts that you might like. Not deserts, you might like, <laughs> like the Simpson. We've got Diane now from Curry on the line. Uh, how do we think about it? Diane from Curry, how are you? I'm good. We're we going to ask Greg what he thinks about curry at this point in time. Is it a town or is it something that he eats? <laughs> you don't eat it.
5: <laughs> um, I'm ringing about cyclamen.
1: Yes, how can we help you with them?
5: I've got two cyclamen that have died off. Yep and someone bought me one as a present, which is good, because it's got the flowers and the leaves and everything. Yeah, yeah. But the two that have died off, I don't know what to do with them. Do I put them in a dark place?
1: Yes, you can put them in a dark place. Dark place. Yeah, so... Do uh, I water them? No, you sort of leave them You're alone. Done. Once they've died back, you just leave them alone, because they're like a bulb, you know, like a daffodil or, you know, a, you know, something like or a tulip, yeah. something like that. Yeah. They're actually a little corm in there, and they will come back for you again next year. Look, that said, I have had them live on and on and on. I had one just keep on going for 18 months um, for me eventually, right through a couple of summers. Well, this
5: one's gone for about nearly a year, and now it's just, well, they've just died off, the two of them.
1: Okay. Well, look, so, don't, don't be surprised. Put it in a, in a nice sort of dry spot under a veranda yes. or, you know, in the garage. In Yeah, well, if, you, <laughs> if that's where you want to put it. Um, and it will come back for you. It'll come back, right. uh, say, I'm just trying to do get my head around the dates here. Um, I don't know, March or April, you should start to see some movement. So bring it back out around then.
5: March or April. Okay. okay. No worries.
1: Thank you very much. Okay, thank you, Diane. Thank you. Cheers. Bye. Bye-bye. bye bye
0: it's Gardening Talk back on Twin FM. If you've got a question for, for Scott Sharps, 49216216. And we've got Mick from Aberglassen, and he's got a question about two yuckers. Mick, how can we help you? Oh,
3: how are you going?
1: Pretty well, mate, pretty well.
3: Okay, I, I bought these two yuckers roughly four years, four and a half years ago in 12-inch pots, yes. and I put them at the front of my Wesley Face and home to just mm-hmm. shade that front uh, office room. Yes. Now, they've grown... Mm-hmm. Uh, so big, now, yes. like I said, 12-inch pots, the, the bases are now around about 400 mil. Have,
1: have you still I, got those in pots or are they in the ground?
3: They're in the ground. Yep. Um, before I put them into the ground, I actually I actually um, uh, fertilised it all up with poo and all that type mm-hmm. of stuff. And, and, uh, and what's worrying me now, they're about three and a half metres high. Yes. And they've, they've, they're they facing out from under the eaves type thing. But what worries me is the root system. Is there a big root system that can damage anything?
1: Yeah, okay. So, look, mate, I, I would take the opportunity now when they're not too big to, to actually move them. How close to, are they to the house? About two foot. Yeah, okay, that's too close in that case. What will happen, it's not so much the root system of them, but that big, you know, you know butt that you're seeing getting bigger and bigger, yeah. it's going to keep on getting bigger and bigger. That's that's the simple way of, around it. And it's going to start pushing up against the house, against the brickwork or the timber work or whatever you've got there, and it okay. will start doing some damage. Uh, yeah. So I would definitely get rid of those when you've got the opportunity. You know, you, you don't want them, I've seen them, um, you know, Move so out, actually push... grow that big, do Oh, know? absolutely. I've seen them move fences, uh, you know, break pavers, all sorts of stuff, start to bulge out retaining walls. Uh, you know, they, they will get, uh, I'm just trying to get my head around probably three to four meters tall at least. And, uh, yeah, well, I, 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 well
3: I'll guarantee now it's well, well, the house is 2.4 meters mm-hmm. high and, and they're about a meter higher than the house, <laughs> at yeah. The so, uh, uh, but
1: it's not that that's going to do the damage, it's going to be that that, that butt that just keeps on butt, spreading yeah, out butt, and out, The yeah. Okay, so yeah, get rid of it. Uh, If you can get a stump grinder in that close, uh, you know, get someone in there there to do that. Just grind it away. It's just really sort of pulpy stuff. A chainsaw gets through it very, very easily. Um, And look, you could, if you wanted to, just cut it right down to the ground level and and poison it. Uh, Get some tree and blackberry killer and inject that. Drill some holes into it and then put that uh, tree and blackberry killer into the holes. Okay, now
3: what what will be the best thing to shade that front window then?
1: Oh, look, something that's not going to get so, you know, a lily-pilly, for instance. Yeah. yeah uh, you know, if you put in a lily-pilly, uh, yeah. they're just, you know, they'll get to three metres or so, uh, but they're very prunable. You can just keep on pruning them. But yeah. the, the main thing is they haven't got a big invasive rune system or a big trunk that's going to spread out and do any damage like those yeah. uh, yeah, right. because they're going to do...
3: Because yeah. I know, look, I must admit, I don't. Um, I hardly ever water it. It'll get water if it rains, and um, that's a bit. And every now and then, when I hose the front lawn, it will get a touch of the water, but I hardly ever water it.
1: Yeah, um, look, the th- the thing about the yucca is it's a dessert plant as well. <laughs> I'm going to keep on rubbing this into Greg for the rest of the day, uh, and it will grow with virtually no water. So when you actually cut into those branches and that butt, it's just this really pulpy, soft uh, material tissue uh-huh. in there because it's just full of moisture that it's been soaking up from the ground to try and survive. I had one uh-huh. in a pot out the back of my place. I think that when I bought the house, it was left there by somebody and its, uh-huh. it's um, sort of trunk and butt had actually spread out over the sides of the pot. Yeah. But, you know, so you couldn't actually water it. I don't know yeah. where it got its moisture from. But in the end, I, I think I had it, you know, enough of it. Um, I won't use yeah. the word I was about to use, and <laughs> I, I cut it out, and it was still soggy and moist in there. I just don't know yeah. how this thing uh, got its moisture. Yeah,
3: well, that so that's what was worrying. Me. Just the uh, the base of it was is absolutely uh, growing as quick as what the uh, the hide is. Yep. If, you, if you know what I mean. So yeah, that's yeah. uh, that's what was worrying. Me. So oh, right, okay, then. Um, I suppose I'll have to let the wife know that. And, um.
1: I'll have to get rid of Yeah, be on with the Mick.
0: Thank
1: you. Okay, cheers, mate. Have a have nice it. afternoon.
0: Bye. Bye-bye. See, we got Alan from Woodbury. And Scotty's got a question about the mandarin tree. Alan,
1: how can we help you with it?
2: I've um, got a mandarin tree that I planted last year. It was only about two and a half foot high mm-hmm. when I got it. And uh, it had about eight pieces of fruit on it. Then this year, it hasn't got anything on it. Except those little black beetly looking bug things and the leaves are
1: going dark. Oh, that, does, that doesn't sound real flash at all, but I, I guess the the good thing that it hasn't done this year is fruit because uh, when a, a little citrus tree is that young, you know two and a half foot tall, you know usually up until about four years old, you, you try not to let it fruit too much. You actually pick the flowers off it uh, because what you really want it to do in those initial stages is just to put the energy uh, you know, back into the actual growth of the plant. So after about four years, then you let it have a full crop and uh, it'll do a whole lot better. It won't be sort of dragging too much energy out of the plant trying to put it into the fruit. Yeah. Uh, mate, look, now as, as far as...
2: When I planted it, it was only two and a half. It's about about five foot
1: high now. No, oh, that's, that's well, it's going all right then. Uh, look, as yeah. far as those little bugs that are on there, I, I would get uh, either a product, well, actually I'll get a product called Eco Oil. Uh, it's uh, something you're going to be using on that citrus tree uh, right through, you know, the spring and into February when the citrus leaf miner comes around. And uh, yeah. give, give it a spray with that Eco Oil. Mate, if you've got a bit of pyrethrum, <laughs> you could also mix that in with it as well. And uh, those little uh, thrips is probably what they are. That should get rid of them. And then the leaves will, uh, you know, or any new leaves will come good for you. Yeah,
2: because it, it only attacked the, the, um, the new growth. It didn't attack the ulcer.
1: Yeah, because it's nice and soft and juicy and easier to get their, yeah. little, their little teeth into. So, yeah, get some of that eco oil. You can use it as a preventative if you want to every couple of weeks. And uh, if you want to get some pyrethrum <laughs> as well, that's a nice, safe insecticide to use and spray, and you'll get rid of those thrips. <laughs> Okay. And okay. uh, Eco oil's the other, other product. It's really good to keep the citrus leaf miner under control. Okay. Thank you very much. Okay. You have a nice afternoon, Alan. You too. Thank you. Bye-bye. We've got
0: John now from Cessnock, and He's got a question about the ponytail plants. John, how can we help you?
4: How are you going, mate? Yeah, pretty well. Mate, I've got a, uh, I just bought a house a little while back in Cessnock, and I'm doing renovations, and I've got a ponytail, I'm pretty sure the ponytail palm tree, the one with the really large bulb at the base.
1: Yeah, that, that sounds like it, yeah.
4: Yeah, it's smack bang in the centre of my house, and I'm putting a stairway there, and I want to relocate it because it's a beautiful looking plant. and I'm wondering, is it hard to actually dig out the root wall and relocate them?
1: Where have you got it inside, or...?
4: Uh, no, it's out, out the front of my house, oh, okay. a semi-raised garden bed, but it's got a really large root ball on it, and I want to remove it to put a stairway there, but I want to save it and relocate it into a different part of the yard.
1: Yeah, mate, look, you, you can dig those out in no trouble. Uh, like the yucca that we were talking about earlier, they're a really tough plant. Uh, so yeah. just dig, dig, dig. Um, mate, I'd be surprised if it dropped any leaves or anything. Even if you do cut the top of it off, you'll actually get multiple shoots coming out from there and even from that big sort of trunk as well, that big sort of butt yeah. down the bottom. Um, look, again, just uh, dig your new hole, fill it up with water, transplant it. But I would say you're going to have virtually no troubles in transplanting that.
4: Yeah. Is, is, the, root, is the root system in it quite large
1: or...? No, it's it's not. It's a sort of a fibrous, fibrousy sort of root system with the ponytail palm. Um, but again, don't put it too close to the house, uh, like we were talking yep. to uh, Mick from Aberglassen. Try and keep it, you know, away from anything too much, because that butt will just keep on spreading out and will do more damage. So uh, it's it's a plant that's you know best sort of put in the middle of nowhere almost.
0: Oh, it will be. Don't worry about that. <laughs> okay, no,
1: but mate, you you won't kill it. Don't worry about that.
0: Thanks very much. Okay, have a nice afternoon, John. You too. Bye. bye. Cheers, John. We've got Terry now from Edgeworth, and he's also got a question about frangipanies. Hey, Terry, how can we help you with it?
4: Hey, Scott, I don't know what you were talking about before because I've only just um, rang. I can't even hear you on the radio at the moment. I've got a property up north.
1: Mate, we don't know what we're talking about either, so we're all on the same page here.
4: (laughs) That, that's the way, mate. Um, I've got it probably up north, and um, we, we have a nice garden up here. We um, try and use, uh, like, grow plants that don't need a lot of water because we're only up here, you know, every couple of weeks. Yeah, sure. Anyway, um, our Japanis, Um I've got a beautiful big frangipani tree, and we've um, grown some smaller ones. And one of the smaller ones... Um, it's actually, I've never seen it before, it's where the flowers come out and you don't get to them and pull them out off or whatever, and so you've got like a little stem coming up a branch of, oh. with the flower pod. Anyway, the flower pod's got two um, like big seed pods on it.
1: Yes, yeah.
4: And, and I was, I've never seen it before. Can we break that open and actually grow more than a Japanese from that? Or? Yeah,
1: yeah, mate, you, you certainly can. so that's, it's oh. almost like a big sort of, uh oh, no, not know how to describe it, like a big Black bean or something like yes, that, isn't exactly it? Yeah, exactly right, yeah. Like, that's got two of them on there. Yeah. yeah, so that that is the seed pot of the frangie, So you can take that off and, and let it dry out. Um, yeah. You know, put it into an area where it's not going to get wet. Just let it dry out. You'll find it'll start to crack open after a while. And that's when you can start to prise it apart and get those seeds out of there. Look, most people don't worry about doing it because, as you've probably discovered, that the frangie penny grows so well from a cutting that that's, yeah. you know, the most expedient way to actually grow the plant because you've got that head start. You know, you take your branch off, you stick it in the ground. And off it goes. But mate, certainly, if you want to uh, try and grow some from seed, go for it.
4: Yeah, because it's um, you know it's the red uh, French Japanese flower, so it's quite nice. Yeah, okay. And we've got the more common one, the white and the pink. Yeah, and yeah, and I've never seen it before, Scott. That's why I thought, well, I'll give you a quick buzz, and and obviously you've seen it before, and and people do grow from seed pods occasionally, I imagine.
1: Uh, Look, occasionally, again, like I said, most of the, you know, if you go to a garden centre and buy a frangipani, it's going to be grown from cutting. And the reason they do that is, well, they you get it quicker, you get a plant actually a lot quicker. And the other thing is that uh, you don't get any variation, so they know that that plant they've taken from the cutting the cutting from is going to be exactly the same okay yeah if you, if you grow from seed you can get variation
4: oh right um, so if I did grow them but I just dry them out and then put them in a potty mix or something and just uh, water them and see what happens
1: yeah absolutely and see, and see if they come up for you
4: yeah yeah because I've got the grandkids and uh, I'd like to say well here they go this is where they come from and watch this and let's see what happens
1: yeah, yeah. okay yeah nice thing to do alright Scotty thanks for that mate okay have a nice afternoon Terry Tell mate okay, bye. <laughs>
0: It's Gardening Talk back on To and You Are at FM. We've got Beverly now from Raymond Terrace, and she's got a question about naval orange and magnolia trees. Beverly, how can we help you?
5: Uh, hello. Uh, yes, well, I have the most beautiful naval orange tree, and it's a good one. Last year, I had stacks of oranges. was able to give a lot away. But this year, they've been falling off, and they've got this mould on them. And um, I've had to um, just rake them up and put them in the garbage bin. So there's something not right.
1: Oh, that that doesn't sound very good at all. all. So, yeah, citrus can get uh, fungal diseases on their fruit. Uh, and that's what's been happening to yours.
5: Yes.
1: And what does it look like? Is it just like a, a you know, sort of a, a brown um, or, you grey, know... Gray, gray. yes, Yeah, yeah. Yep. Okay. So you, you've just got some sort of scab on there. Uh, now, unfortunately, once it's uh, you know on there like that, and the fruit's been infected, you it sort of won't come off and make it better. You can actually still pick that fruit if uh, if it's ripe and uh, grow it, but um, otherwise, it's one of those things that you've actually had to have treated uh, much earlier on. Uh, you know, once the, when the fruit comes out and it's hard and green, you need to get a product called copper oxychloride. It's, which is a uh, fungicide, and that you spray that onto the young green fruit. And that, ge- that keeps the melanose under control. That's the name of the disease that we're talking about. It's called melanose. Uh, a fungicide,
5: did you say? Yes,
1: you need a fungicide and spray that much earlier. Now, you can still spray it at the moment if you want to, to try and stop it spreading anymore. But uh, generally, once it's on the oranges like you're describing, the damage is sort of already done. Uh, pick some of it and see if you can, uh, you know, if it's if it's edible. And it usually, is edible. It's just not uh, doesn't look good enough though for the table, for instance.
5: No, well, I've I've have picked what was all right, yeah. and they're beautiful and sweet and juicy. Yes.
1: Yeah, and I think that's because we've had such a nice sort of crisp, cold winter uh, this year as well that uh, you know, it's, you're getting that really nice uh, juiciness out of them. But uh, you're doing the right thing. Certainly rake any of those ones that are on the ground and get rid of them because you're trying to reduce the, uh, the problem for next year as well. So get some of that fungicide, the copper oxychloride, and next year once you see them starting to flower and you start to see that little green fruit setting on the plant, that's when you get out there and give it a spray with that fungicide.
5: Oh, good, good. That'll be next year. <laughs> next
1: year, yeah, certainly next year. And the, and the disease we're talking about is called melanose. Melanose.
5: Yeah. Um, all right. Okay. Thank and... you. And now uh, the magnolia tree. Yes, ask away. The... Sorry?
1: Yes, ask away. That's all right.
5: Oh, sorry. Um, it's um beautiful tree. Mm-hmm. And um, it's all on the branches. It's getting... Um, grey, mouldy
1: stuff on it. Okay, so the magnolia trees do get that on there. Um, but again, if you want to try and keep that uh, under control, that uh, product that you're going to get for the oranges, the uh, coproxychloride, you can spray that on there as well to try and keep that uh, that disease under control on the magnolia. Oh,
5: so it's the same. It is the fungicide. same. It is, yes. Oh.
1: So we're, we're, ki- we're killing two birds, so to speak, with one stone here this <laughs> afternoon.
5: Yes, we are. We? <laughs> not 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 that
1: Greg and I advocate killing birds in any way whatsoever. With one stone. <laughs> with one stone. Yeah. Indian miners, I happily have a go at them. But All right. No, thank
5: nah, you. Nah, thank nah. you, Dan. I'll get some fungicide when I go down the street. Okay. And uh, thank you
0: very much for that. Not a problem, Beverly. You have a nice afternoon. So we've got Gail from Bonnells Bay and she's got a question about the citrus tree. Hello, Gail. How can we help you with your citrus Hello? tree?
6: Well, I have a line of citrus trees. There are 12. Yes. They are all planted in these huge planter boxes, mm-hmm. and there's two in each planter box. So there's one lemon, one orange, and it goes down the driveway. I've not long bought the house, and I'm waiting to transfer these trees out to my daughter's farm, yes. which will be great. But there's one, two, three, mostly the lemons... Something has eaten the leaves. They've even eaten the thorns off the branches and just left bare branches.
1: Oh, that that sounds not so good. Uh, Look, when something... You know that is eating you know something like that and eating the thorns as well uh, firstly, I was going to say grasshopper because they're still out there and eating yeah. the leaves off citrus trees, but yeah, once you get to once you get to the you know like bark and uh, thorns being eaten oh. off, then you have to go for something a little bit bigger, and generally that's going to be a possum um, oh yeah, um, yeah, most certainly, yeah, possums are oh. pretty they're voracious creatures, they'll eat almost okay. anything
6: okay yes yeah, so oh wow. Yeah, I thought it might have have been, you know, um, the ducks across the pond or um, across the road or, you know, the parakeets that come and that, but it's just really weird.
1: Yeah, no, I I would think it's probably going to be a possum. The duck is a gentle creature. I don't think it would do anything like that. Not think they
6: could get up it. (laughs) Yeah, it would
1: have to be a low-flying duck anyway.
6: Yeah, (laughs) true. But no,
1: I'd I'd definitely go with the the possum. Wow.
6: Okay. Yeah, and look, that's unfortunately, we're not
1: we're not in New Zealand, so you can't do anything about the possums.
6: No, I understand. Yes. That, that's just amazing. I'll, I'll do some research. Thanks.
1: Okay, not a problem. Thanks for that, guys. Thank
6: you. Bye bye. No worries.
0: Bye. We need to get a laugh track or something for your gags. Why? Well, what? Well, they're not funny anyway. So, or just to those little drum roll things. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. No, low flying duck. low flying duck. Some of your best work, gardening yeah. talk back onto you RFM. We've got Diane now from Cessnock, and she's got a question about the mango tree. Diane,
1: how can we help you with your mango?
2: My mango tree is very, very successful. I get about 100 mangoes a year.
1: Yeah, And your exact address <laughs> is, Diane, so Greg and I can call past <laughs> <laughs> come January uh, no, so. will
2: give away a tray secret, okay. but it's been hit by the frost really, really badly, and the whole top of the tree looks like a, a, all the leaves are dead. Yes. And I'm wondering if the top of the tree is dead or whether I should prune it or I, we don't know. We don't want to touch it, really.
1: Yeah, look, the only way you're going to t- test that, and look, I wouldn't go in having a, a hard hack at it yet because we're still going to get some cold nights by the sounds of it, uh, going yeah. tonight. Uh, I'd jump up on a ladder uh, and just have a, you know, a pair of secateurs and just have a bit of a prune and see if it's actually the sort of the, you know, the younger shoots, the branches that are dying up there, up, you know, in the, in the crown of the tree as well. If it's just the leaves, you can probably just let it be and uh, let it come, you know, come good as we get into the warmer months. But if you're finding some dieback in the branches, you're going to have to give the whole plant a light prune over the top.
2: Yeah, that's what we saw because yeah. so the lower lower part of the tree is all green.
1: Yeah, so that's why I'm saying don't do it at the moment. Leave those you know leaves, you know, no matter how sort of tatty they might look uh, up at the top of the tree. Uh, yep. Leave them as they are at the moment uh, because they're providing a cover in case we do get any you know colder weather or you know another frost or something. Oh yeah, I'm with you. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So it's just uh, it's just leaving a um, you know like a protective layer on the top there. The other thing you can do if uh, you know there's going to be a frost coming in. Uh, you can just toss you know, some shade cloth or something over the top of the plant.
2: Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah great. Yeah.
1: Or the other okay. old trick is to um, get a sprinkler and set it to go off uh, just on sunrise so there's actually water going over the top of the plant then and then the frost doesn't settle.
2: Terrific. Thank good. you. Okay,
1: thanks very much. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. How good a mangoes. They are the, one of the best plants. I don't don't want to get rid of us then because I think she, you know, we were going to hone in on her address. We we're tracking exactly, her. yeah, through the phone line. We were like, if I stay on for thirty more seconds, <laughs> seconds, they'll know where I am. Yeah, and they'll be up there.
0: When do mangoes come out?
1: Uh, well, you can start, you know, uh, I guess when it warms up, January, February. Right, yeah. yeah. So, Jan, February, we're driving around. We're in Cessnock. Cessnock. We're just going to do some laps of Cessnock, yeah. And just see if we can find a mango tree. Yeah, with a blanket or some shade cloth over the top or a sprinkler that goes off in the morning, oh, yeah. It's a good time to do it now. Yeah, good time, yeah. Mm. Yeah, get in early. That's, you know, that's our way of thinking. We not, we didn't get yeah. over the wrong side of bed this morning, did we? Exactly.
0: Then come January, forgotten about it. and Yep, we'll be up there. All over it. Yeah. But
1: no, mangoes, we get the early season ones from up north, and then because it's colder down here, we don't have the ripening time, so we have to wait till later on in the year uh, to get a mango crop here in Newcastle. Oh, fair yeah. enough. Excellent. Scott, we are almost out of time. Okay. But you've got a couple of
0: things you haven't even got to mention today, We've got it flooded with calls. Yeah, we did, didn't we? And you had a few topics that you didn't even get to run through at all today.
1: I was just going to quickly mention the Magnolia seligiana, which is out in flower at the moment. Yep. Uh, plenty of magnolias out and about there. The uh, sort of the bear tree you're seeing at the moment, uh, not the grizzly bear, the bear, the tree with no. Leaves on it, but it's got the beautiful yep. big pink or red cup-shaped uh, flowers. Uh-huh, so on it's, it's not a hairy tree. No, it's not a hairy tree at all. No. 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 And if you want to, uh, as you're driving around, you'll probably see uh, quite a number of them. Uh, if you're looking to get uh, a magnolia, it is a good time to get into your garden centre uh, to find. Uh, you'll get the you know choice. You'll get the largest choice at the moment. Uh, look, they're a pretty tough, versatile plant. The only thing they don't like here are the uh, the hot, westerly, dry winds. Uh, you'll find that uh, you know sometimes they'll uh, start to brown off in the Tips of their leaves, but certainly at this time of year they are most stunning. Uh, look, they're natives to uh, they're native to uh, China, and uh, they're different to the ones we were talking about today. We we're talking about magnolia little gems. These are the deciduous ones, right? Uh, but at this time of year, absolutely stunning. You can get them in whites, pinks. The seligianas, you know the most common one, the pink uh, color. You can also get them in darker reds, almost like a blood red, and uh, again the white. But the white ones have got a smaller a smaller flower a um, little bit more wispy. So if you want the really big, genuine cup-shaped ones, you have to go with the darker pinks uh, and the sort of that selegiana Cil- which is a, a blushing pink, I guess, is the best way to describe it. All right. Scott Sharp. I hate to say it,
0: but... We are out of time. We are out of time. Okay. I have to let you go. Okay. For another week. Uh, next week, Judy Sharp will begin? Uh, no, possibly I won't be here. Okay. But the week after, I'll definitely be Right-o. back for you. Excellent. Okay. So we might have a little break next week. We might have a touch of a break. Fair enough. Yeah. A mental health day a mental health day <laughs>